Welcome to Crafted with Cradle, a curated conversation over cocktails with Charlotte's Best. I'm Allie Celebron Brown from McCall Center for Art and Innovation, and I'm Crafted with Cradle. Welcome to another edition of Crafted with Cradle. I am your host, Dr. Keith Cradle. And as always, this is your drinking podcast. That podcast has curated conversations for art enthusiasts here in Charlotte. Um, as always, before I get started, I got to thank Jason Jet, JasonJetMusic.com, who does our theme music. And Jason is blowing up, man. If y'all are really here on the scene, check him out. Make sure you support that music, support his brand. As always, Sweet929, Chuck Holiday behind the camera, and Jamika Witten, JSW Media, because that's the media team that you need if you want to get the dream done, because teamwork makes the dream work. As always, I want to shout out my book, uh, Cut the Check. The website is up, KeithCradle.com. The book is out. Make sure you get your copy of that. And before I intro my guests, we just want to say rest in peace to uh, John Singleton, who has passed away. But also, even more on a local note, artist TJ Reddy, since we always talk about art on this podcast, we want to um, send condolences to his family as well. So, with that out of the way, let's get to our guests for episode three of season two. Angie Chandler. Now, Angie, you know, I know you, but this is probably my first time meeting you for the thousandth time. Yeah. Yeah. And I still don't know what you do. Ooh, that's a good one. But I know you do a lot. And it's in our art community. It's on the scene. And we're going to get into a lot of that. But before before we do that, Angie, yes. we, this is a drinking show. I'm a drinker. I'm here for it. And, and that's what I like to hear. Yeah. What's your favorite go-to cocktail? We, we ask everybody this question. We get a you know variety of answers. Mm. Um, everyone's got their thing. So if you were at a bar right now, you know, you know, no, no, no dollar limit. Ooh, oh, oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> what are you ordering? Okay. Okay, well, it, it's still a mojito, but then, I mean, I guess we're taking the rum to some different places. I mean, pick me my mint leaves fresh. Mm. I want that muddled. You want sugar muddled. cane involved. I want my sugar, you know, fresh pressed if I'm going to get a high shelf level. But it's still going to be a mojito. Mojitos. So even with the dollar level, I'm still a Caribbean gal that enjoys rum. And so to me, the mojito, as I be, got older, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes I do a sweet thing every now and then, but the mojito gives me just the right amount of flavor. Mm-hmm. And the rum is still present. Because, yes. you know, what happens is that the rum gets hidden we don't want to hide the rum well that i, I would think that would be a weak mojito though wow. if you, if you, i mean it's not yeah. solid, there's no rum in there yeah yeah yeah. but i'm saying some of the fruitier options that you have rum involved with tend to hide the rum yes. i like it to be present you know what i'm saying and so i like to trace back my cuban roots a lot of jamaicans claim they have cuban roots mm. um so as we continue that potential lie I will claim my Cuban roots <laughs> and my love for the mojito. Well, speaking of Cuba yeah. um, and and Panama, yeah, because I, I know you're you know you're a traveler as well. Yes, yes. Um, been to both countries, mm-hmm. and one I love Panama. Mm-hmm. Panama is a beautiful place. I know yeah, you just. But I feel like there's a butt coming. No, 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 oh, okay. no, 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 no. no. There, there is no butt. Can I go back tonight? <laughs> Um, but Panama is a beautiful place. Absolutely. And now is that where your your people are from? Absolutely. So on my paternal side, my dad, going back to his mom, were all born in Panama. Um, all her kids, she has about eight or nine of them, my grandmother, they were all born there. And then for the longest time, I thought that she migrated from Barbados and had her family there. And then I found out that she was born there. And her mom is who came over and the folks who were building the canal. 
now. Um, and so she was born in 1913 in Panama, mm. and then so were my dad and his siblings. So there was a large amount of Afro-Panamanians, yes. Caribbeans who came over to um, do a lot of work, including in enslavement times, to really build the infrastructure of the country. Yes. And then we've got the Panama Canal that brought in tons of folks from Barbados and um, different islands who came over to work, and then many of them stayed. And speak more Spanish than I can ever dream of doing. It's a, it's, I tell you, it's a beautiful country with a yeah. lot of history. Lot um, of history. You visit some of those places, and like, like you said, you never recognize the interest, mm -hmm. particularly around economics, mm -hmm. and, and again, mm -hmm. why the Panama, why, you know, why the canal, the canal was built, um, and why, you know, why the United States' interests were there. But beautiful country, beautiful people. And speaking of Cuba, yeah. um, shout out to the uh, what is it? Jazz Charlotte now. They used to be Jazz yeah, Arts. Jazz Arts now. Jazz, jazz Arts Charlotte. Arts, yeah. You know, they did a whole Cuban theme mm -hmm. last weekend. I um, was able to attend that. Nice. And again, you know, you're talking about the sounds, the, si the sights, the smells of Cuba, right. um, of the Caribbean. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's an amazing experience. That, that percussion, right? There's this moment that I like to take people back to at the start of the Rio Olympics. And so the, the start of the Olympics is usually really interesting, but they decided to tell the story of their country. And I find that Brazil, Cuba, Panama, all those places that have an African influence, this drum and this presence of percussion mm -hmm. is so there. But they did a great job with the opening where they had the folks coming from different places. And then here come the Africans with these drums. And that beat of the drums when they enter this sort of, you know, big display they're doing for the Olympics, it never stops. So as they go to all of the other music that we know Brazil for and people mm. are dancing and moving you hear that consistent drum beat that only came on the scene when we entered um, and that's the same thing in Panama as I get older now and I research a lot of the Afro-Panamanian arts and the music and what it sounds like and you hear this combination of just what happens when you put folks from Spain and folks from the Caribbean and folks straight from the continent together in these places where music is such a big part of it that's like right. there's not a block on Panama that you walk for too far where you're not yeah, going to hear, hear music. music it's there same with Cuba I mean you, you, you open up a window and mm -hmm. somebody's out there singing yeah. dancing you know again percussion so we're going to put a pin in that because okay. that's something that we yes, really want to talk about. I love it. I love it. Diaspora. Cheap liquor. Yeah. Oh. We were all young once. <laughs> did you ever, did you start out on, on cheap liquor? Um, I did not start out on cheap liquor because white rum of a good quality was always present. And I had an aunt who lived in St. Thomas mm. and she made frequent visits to the States with these wrapped bottles of whatever <laughs> it is she was. I don't know if it was smuggled at that time in the 80s and 90s. I don't Pro recall. Probably. Okay. But there was Punch Cuba. Somebody out there from the Caribbean is going to know what that one is. And there were the rums. There was Ray and Nephew and um, other people who we considered delicious. So I never had like... The, what was it, the Mad Dog 40? Mad, Mad Dog 2020. 2020. I don't even know the numbers. I don't even know. Because that is what, so rum was always present. In college, I don't feel like I tried anything weird. Like the weirdest thing was probably a wine cooler. And that there was probably more where I thought and, that was a look. And that's and not even like, weird. Not weird, but trash. <laughs> but well, trash. Well, I think, well, the Bartles and James now. Yeah, Bar Bartles, Bartles and James <laughs> probably was probably the uh, preeminent company yeah, making yeah, yeah. wine yeah. coolers back then. But right, I think. A wine cooler made all of us feel a little bit older. Oh, absolutely. A little more sophisticated. That's right. Pour, <laughs> yes. pour it in the glass and you think yeah. you're doing something. But yeah. it was it really was it trash. It was trash. So, so for today's purposes, we don't have any trash for you. You know, we wouldn't we wouldn't do that here. And and I know you, you, you had mentioned that you wanted to get back into tequilas. Yeah. You wanted to try tequilas again. Yes. So so we've got some Rapasado and we got an Anejo for you oh. that we can go ahead and sip throughout. And we want to make sure, you know, we want to bring that back. I'm a huge tequila guy. Ooh. Um, and so I, I, I love when people want to get back in. Okay. If you notice, there is no Blanco on the table. I see this. Well, These that colors. is, I, I would, I would say to me, the Blanco can be trash. Ooh. 
Um, or it's usually for mixing drinks. Okay. I don't mix drinks. Um, yeah, we, we don't do any mixing around here. Oh, that's a separate show. I would like to know more about that. But we, that's and not we can get now. there. Okay. We okay. can get there. Um, but these tequilas are sipping tequilas, mm -hmm. and, and you'll really taste the flavors in them. Okay. Definitely the difference is you can see that that Nejo is a little darker mm -hmm. than the Reposado. So when we get to that point, you know, I want to I want to know what your thoughts are, okay. know what your feelings are. Tell me what your tongue is moving <laughs> with, um, and let's see if we can get you back on the tequila boat. I need I need to get back because I didn't grow up with it in terms of knowing what to have it with or what kind to have, and so I just felt like I ventured out there on my own, and probably some bartender just gave me what was close by. Probably some shelf something on the shelf it wasn't high i don't think it was a high top shelf i think it was just close by probably jose you know that you know i've purchased, probably I've probably jose. jose i've probably jose if there was if that jose gold and i'm not here to <sighs> is there a place where we repent like what do we do if we've purchased jose in the past six hail marys uh -huh. please father forgive us okay and then this is this starting me on a good path i yes. wish i could see these colors because they're really rich yeah this is um we're going to get you right. All right. I'm excited. So tell the people what you do. All right. So I am an arts ambassador. Um, I came into the arts from theater. So all of my entry points into things in the arts were theater-based. And then I started teaching. From teaching, I started coordinating programming. And from that, it was like I can also make up programming. So I make up arts programming for a variety of folks. I'm currently the senior manager of educational initiatives and public programs at the Harvey B. Gantt Center. I'm excited to be on the board of Goodyear Arts, one time for Goodyear. Um, and then I work in a freelance um, capacity with multiple other smaller arts organizations from theater and the visual arts world. That is the short version, believe it or not. Like, like that glass, your life is full. <laughs> It's very full. This past weekend we had Boom Festival. Yes, shout out to Manoj, man. Yes, what's up, Manoj? What's up, Cameron? The entire curatorial team. So we work basically an entire year putting Boom together. Three hundred plus artists. Um, multiple venues. We're in the streets of Charlotte this year. We couples with open streets. Mm -hmm. And so, it, it, to me, I love working with large institutions like the Gantt. I was previously at McCall Center. But I love the work that I get to do with smaller grassroots organizations because there's something when you see the artist feel that value that you can give them in that kind of setting. People's reaction, seeing, I mean, we, we do some weird, weird fringe arts at Boom. And so, there was some rolling around in duct tape at some point I saw. I'm quite um, sure. There was a um, there was a lot of um, folks. There was an opera singer um, singing and doing a whole skip to of things she made up. Um, so there's everything from dance and visual arts. But like to see the streets of Plaza Midwood here in Charlotte, which are pretty cool, right? And you know, walk down Plaza Midwood, you feel cool just anyway. But then you've got all of this art out here. That's right. Amazing, super diverse. Um, the team at Boom do a great job of weeding through all of these different folks who apply and really putting together a festival that is something for Charlotte to be proud of. So we just came off of that. I'm still half asleep from an amazing three days that we just did. So variety of work. Right. So, and, and this is a great question for mm -hmm. you because sure. you, again, you have worked with big and small institutions yes. here in Charlotte. And, and I think a lot of times there's a separation oh, yeah. that audiences can feel as though they're on one end of the spectrum where they only feel that the art that they enjoy comes from large institutions. Sure. And then there's a segment of folk who believe that grassroots, smaller, you know, all the new pop-ups, you know, that's where they feel more welcomed. 
How do you bridge those two? Oh my goodness. Um, that is super, super, it's super important to me, I think, because I came to it from the artist side. So my first gig in Charlotte was performing with On Cue at the opening of Romare Baird and Park. Cue! Hey! I got to Charlotte in 2013, um, hit the ground running. That was the first thing I did uh, with an arts organization. So I came from small, mm -hmm. right? Um, I came from working with different folks. From them, I met Dup and Swat and a host of different um, folks. And so... I always understood the value of that. And being a part of the artist community, there was no way that if I worked for a large institution, I was going to leave us out. Right. Um, so, but bridging that gap in terms of funding, which is a tension between smaller and larger organizations, you know, who gets more funding, who gets to do more, the way that I feel like I address that is by booking tons of artists. Right? So I can bring in teaching artists, I can bring in performers for Art After Dark at the Gantt Center, which is where we're exploring arts in a conversational and intellectual way, right? Where for Jazz Month, we were looking at vinyl and how you collect it and how you keep it. Mm -hmm. We had people learning about scatting. We had blues teaching. I know former former um, guests on the show, Blues Rogers, um, teaching a poetry blues class, blues. right? People learning how to do poetry. But this is a moment where I can book five, six artists for one night. Then people can learn about the organizations they work with or learn about that person's personal work. And so to me, that's one way I bridge the gap. The other way is making sure to mention these folks who are doing this work in these larger rooms. That's right. So it's not like, you know, nobody's out here reinventing the wheel. I mean, I like to think I am sometimes. <laughs> but we all do, we're doing similar things. And there are people who have strengths or have something that is new and different that they can bring to the table. So to me, it's mentioning our names in the rooms where these dollars exist. So, so that brings me to another point about so a lot of that, you know, stems to connectivity. Sure. So how do folk get more connected? I mean, you know, if, if they're on one end of that spectrum, they'll show mainly because of the relationship they have with you. Absolutely. If they don't have that relationship, how can they create inroads to not only just, you know, bigger, but the medium size, but even let's say if I'm a big institution guy, mm -hmm. And festivals like Boom, mm -hmm. which I feel like could, I could feel, not me, but, but yeah. the person could feel as though that's a little bit outside of my scope. You yeah, know, I yeah, like yeah. fine art. Right, you right, know, right, I want right. I want symphony. I want the mm -hmm. opera. The symphony was out there. I mean, not the opera was out there with us. Opera Carolina was out there. So I think those moments happen by us as a grassroots organization reaching out to the big folks, thinking, you know, there are ways for you all to be involved. So one year at Boom, we had the men out there with a table doing whatever. This year we had Opera Carolina showing their recycled clothes so they were out there so it gives a moment to bridge those gaps in terms of the kind of music we've also had times where there are these snippets of fine arts that are out there amidst all the fringe but if I was an artist and I was looking at ways to either connect myself one I know the PR people will be happy but you've got to have your website your social media has to be tight so like if I find you I should be able to then go and find your work, work. that's right I should be able to find samples of what you do if it's a performing artist I need to be able to find video I, I love you bro and sis this, but I don't know if you're good at what that thing is you think you do. So I need to be able to see it online. I need to be able to connect with it. You know, use the hashtags that exist for whatever city you're in. CLT artist is one. So that is one where if I'm looking for someone and I want to pick someone I don't know yet, I might go flipping through the hashtag and see who I find and reach out that way. Now everyone in the institutions who is doing similar work in terms of creating programming isn't digging through Instagram. So you've got to come out to events. You've got to meet folks. Arts and Science Council does an amazing job of doing mixers for artists. So you've got to attend those things. You've got to come out. Um, if you see us at places, the people who you know are curating and putting stuff together, hand us your card. Probably don't give us a whole pitch at whatever. Oh, they're going to listen. 
they're gonna pitch you right there <laughs> on the scene. Me. People have pitched me. I think the weirdest place I've probably gotten pitched is either working while I'm like I'm physically working at another event, like, or like, I'm for real having fun. Take this car. Take my work. Take this eight by ten. Did you get my email? Because I was <laughs> what, I, what I was thinking is if we could no 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 I can't even give you a confident answer on that. So you know, pitch appropriately. Giving your card or giving us a way to find what you do is always gonna be a best bet. Be pleasant. Um, you don't need to be fake because that's weird. Just be pleasant. Um, give us your information. And so that's one way. And then for the larger institutions, I think we also have to continue um, to look out there and see who's out there not use the same people all the time. I try to dig my circle of influence happens to have a lot of artists in it because mm -hmm. I'm an artist. So yeah. I have a lot of theater folks. I know a lot of visual arts folks, but I want to know the people I don't know. Like who's dope? Who's just doing amazing work? Right? Who I do I not know? So I love meeting those people at different events um, and in different conversations and finding ways to work them. And everything is not going to work. I can't book everyone. You can. But we can book a lot more than we do, I think, as institutions. Well, and I think that goes back to one of your previous points is that, you know, I think the business of art isn't, mm -hmm. isn't being taught. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that how to position yourself, how yeah. to really get yourself out there to, again, institutions or folk that are either art buyers, art lovers. Um, or people that can put you in a position to be shown. And that those are conversations that are consistently mm -hmm. happening. And so from, from your spectrum, sure. how, how do we teach the business of art? How do we teach younger folk that are coming into this medium to get out there, to really sell themselves, to be a part of the larger community? Absolutely. Um, one way that I did it was I get, I created a platform. I don't mean to cut you off. Make no, sure you're good. drinking now. So this I don't know. See, I no, don't know you, if I can start. We've been started. I mean, where did you, did you? I'm, I'm over here. Okay, okay. I'm on, I'm on the red. Let me catch up a little moment. Yeah, Hold on. Started. Pause. Yeah, we've started. So again, this is a drinking podcast, Angie. I mean, I thought that was a special moment. Oh, no, 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 no. All Rob moments are special. All, all, the moment, all the moments are special. So you can just start so drinking whatever. So what minute whenever. marker is this? If things go downhill, listeners, this is where it happened. It doesn't matter. Hmm. Listen, as long as you're all above right. the table, okay. that's all that matters. I started with the rosé. There you go. Can I... Do I need to finish it before I go to the mm. other? Tequila? I can mix and sip. But it. make sure you start with the reposado though, because that because that'll help you know level you up. So when you try, oh. you try that one, you're gonna be like, man, that's really a there's difference. a level up involved. Do yeah, I need a palate cleanser? I don't speak. Now nah, you're good. Mm -hmm. Now nah, you're good. <laughs> All right. Um, so the business of art. So the business of art. We did a um, teaching artist boot camp. Right. There are lots of artists who want to be a full time artist. One of the best ways for you to be a full time artist is to teach. But if you just went to school for art or you have, are a self-taught artist, you do not have any teaching skills unless you're just a natural teacher. Um, so creating an opportunity for folks to learn what we're looking for to hire teaching artists, what you need to know, what information you have to have, um, all of that was super important. So we did that boot camp. We definitely want to do one again. Um, I would say that when I was a freelance um, artist, I was I um, at two points in life had tried to do just full-time theater. Such a scary road to just do theater well, by that's itself. That's a fun fact right there. I, I, I did not know you did theater. Oh, well, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a, so I'm an actor by trade. I've mm. performed with On Cue. I've performed with Three Bone Theater, Davidson Community Players, um, Paper House Theater. So this time last year, I was playing eight different roles in a Sherlock Holmes piece on Central. What has, what, <laughs> what has been one of your favorite roles to play? Oh, Harry Tubman was amazing. I was Harry Tubman in February at Matthew's Playhouse um, last February. That was amazing. Learned so much more about her work. Um, and it was super difficult. That was my first time leading an entire show. Mm -hmm. So being the main character and having to carry that weight, that was a lot. That was my favorite. Um, and then I got to carry a shotgun as in a, <laughs> in 
a Pearl Cleese show. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm not a gun person. Like, I'm that New Yorker who was like, drug dealers and cops had guns, and I never bridged living in the Southerns. I have not bridged that um, road yet. So, like, holding a shotgun that was real was a lot. It was a lot. Do you do you remember any of the lines? Any of your favorite lines? Any? <laughs> Give a little taste. I'm going to give you Harriet Tubman, but Come I feel on. like that, this is how Drunk History probably got started. Here we because go. Because see, this is, this is not where Let's do it. <laughs> so, here, so everyone that's listening, we're getting ready to give you a rendition of Jesus. Drunk History, Harriet Tubman, trying to get some folk free. All right. So there's a young man. He's attempting to leave. And so I have to roll up to on play, him. Do you need to play the young man? Yes. What, what's my line? You my so line. your line is, I'm going back. Oh, I'm going back. Okay. But not. You got to get. Serve it to me, though. Serve oh. it. Like. Because <laughs> I was giving it to you, like, my regular no, college gotta, voice. No, I'm, no, 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 I'm no. on my way back. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm going yeah, back. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. All right. <clears throat> in, in, in three, two, one. I'm going back. No, you ain't. Because if you go back, they're going to shoot you. Then they're going to come looking for us. So you're going to keep going, and you're going to keep going north. And so there was a shotgun involved. Would you. Did you oh! <laughs> I was really ready to go, Harry. You gotta put me, put me on the bus. Listen, there was a shot. I was really ready to go. <laughs> Listen, yeah, I, like, and every night, but what's funny is in acting, you have these moments that get you. Because the little boy used to annoy me. God bless him. You know, children are growing. We love them. They're the future. But I, I used to say that line to him with such vitriol and passion because it was always like, if you don't get these lines and get, get where you're ass. supposed to be. And so I had ass. organic energy every night to serve that. And it was, um, it was, a, it was always super strong and we had the gun and we literally have, you know, these moments where you realize she's in this swamp or she's in these woods. And trying to convince people for free. Like that was always to me, you know, no matter how much we might've read, heard yeah. about her, I think the underlying theme is the same, that she is trying to convince people. Right. That's something freedom. to help them. She's going <laughs> to help you. Right. Like I, and it's hard. And it's hard to convince hard. you that this freedom I got for you is better than this. And I got to twist your damn arm. The idea of the unfamiliar, all of the threats that were against them. And so having this mass of actors, I think it was around 10 folks, and imagining the reason why you would need a shotgun. So not just to shoot the enemies, but, but literally anyone who, who came against it could bring that's right. harm to the group. She was ready to take them out. And it wasn't a game. Like It wasn't like, I'm just play play with this gun. I'm really going to take you out. So... Um, but in acting, trying to do it full time was really difficult. So I had to find various lanes to do as an actor. So a lot of times, um, my very last year in Virginia, I was doing dinner theater. I was teaching acting to a homeschool collective. Mm. I was um, directing a show for middle schoolers in other random shows. And then allegedly was supposed to be substituting teaching. So I did not do the subbing. And so then it was like eating food is so great. I'd love to do more of that. I'd also love to continue to live inside. Um, and so find so a way. So you got some goals. Yeah. Some so, goals. so so some so, standards. So, you know, small goals. Small yeah. goals. Um, so I think doing that at two different times in life helped me to really understand how you can give an arsenal of tools to an artist who's trying to be full time. And one of those ways is teaching. It can be a consistent thing, but you have to come to the table with skills. So that teaching artist boot camp is really dear to my heart because when I was starting out, 2012 was when I left the classroom. I was like, I'm going to be an actor. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Everyone's going to book me. And then it was like, ooh, girl. Like, it's rough. Dinner theater, like, it was in a tourist town. You know, you're really working for tips. You're performing. I had a Cockney English accent. People thought I was from England. And I was like, So yeah. we'll, get, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> so I see you grabbing that reposado. So taste that. Now, you, you, That's so smooth. You taste that, right? Wow. So tequila and rum are different because... 
plants. It's a different plant? Yeah. What agave. is the famous plant? The agave. The agave. Agave plant. Which is still sugar, though. Well, rum's more of a sugar cane plant, though, right? So, I what mean, does agave look like in the ground? I'm such a nerd. Like, probably I looks like a like a pineapple, like a up, well, the pine the pineapple. Okay. Leaves oh, the burn. Yeah, that would come Method later. Man, I heard the I heard the prophet Method Man say that when you drink absolute Ooh, straight, but he didn't warn me nothing about nah. this tequila. This is bad. But so you taste. So now Ooh. this this particular brand, you could taste that that creaminess, that yes. that flavor. Mm-hmm. So when you get to the the Anejo, it's the same brand. But just you know, two different styles. Look at how it drips down the glass, though. Yeah, those legs that that wow. shows you that it, that it's you know it's high quality stuff. And, I feel and so fancier. you want to sip. So you don't you don't you don't do shots. So you, no. you know, shots are for spring breakers. You know, 18, 19, 21. Well, twenty one since you gotta be legal. <laughs> <laughs> no shout out to my past. Um, oh. But but right, you don't we don't do shots. You shouldn't be shooting tequila. Tequila's and, and mezcals and things yeah. like that, even good rums. Yeah, yeah. Those are sipping drinks, okay. and, and I think popular culture has turned them into these sipping mm. things. Or these, I mean, these, 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 these shooting things. things. Yeah. But they really are for sipping for enjoyment. Yeah. Um, tequila is a is a great aperitif after a meal. It helps it digest it digestive. Oh, probiotics. And if I put some ginger with that, like then mm-hmm. clearly. I don't. I didn't. Yes. This is digestive. We're talking digestion. There you go. You're yeah. Right. So so those things. I mean, and even rum. When I when I was in Cuba or yeah. Jamaica, mm-hmm. wherever I've been in the Caribbean. Rum does the same. It has that same mm. kind of effect. That you know, right after dinner, pour a little rum, yeah. sip it down. This um, great. It that's so, so you know. I think the Caribbean's got it figured out. They they really did. I mean, and not to to hop around a lot, but my initial degree way back when was history. So even in the arts, I find ways to be looking back. I know a lot of my cultural influences come from that history part. But all of that stuff being around, like even in Panama when I went, all the the, the plants that are around, the ways that rum was around. Because I remember my grandma dipping her um, head tie in some rum. There you go. Putting it on her head, rubbing it on my stomach if there was an ache. So when I say it was around, it wasn't just willy nilly around. No, it's it was around. medicinal. Right, and and I think again, you know, when you're talking about places like that, and I, I tell you, you know, no matter how, when you travel, that is where you learn so much. Absolutely. And things that other people may think are quote unquote weird, mm-hmm. or because of you know we've been raised on having tra- you know, what they would call traditional pharmaceutical medicines. Right. You move away from things that used to be traditional. Right. In a sense, and, and I think you know when you get back to that. You recognize that some people had to figure out a they had long out. time ago. They lived long and they lived so healthy and their skin was so beautiful. A lot of that had to do with the water, the movement, and then all of that fruit and vegetation that was around. Um, That's right. Yeah, Panama, we were surprised. My mom, my parents now live in Panama, um, back where my dad is from. So that's so, what an agave plant oh, looks like. Oh, it looks like aloe. Right. You know, wait, blind, so hold on. Okay. But it's probably more prickly and you can't put that on that's, your skin. No, right. that seems... Dangerous. It would be. Okay. So, what does a Charlotte art scene look like to you? Hmm. When you think about Charlotte, what does that art scene look like to you? Oh, Charlotte. Um, so much potential. I would say there's also a lot more than people think is there. Um, being a person who has, two years ago, I organized a street festival for the three largest museums. So for the Mint, the Beckler, and the Gantt Center, we did Long Live Arts Festival in the streets. So I've worked with them. I've worked with McCall Center. I performed at Levine Museum of the New South. Those are the biggest folks in town. So because I've worked with them in different ways, I know what they're doing. And there's stuff. Right. There's programs there. There are exhibitions up at all these places. Um, And I think because Charlotte is a town of a lot of working class folks, a lot of folks who came here specifically to do a job in an industry that is not super arts friendly, unless we're talking about something that's, you know, really mainstream or commercial. 
then you find that there isn't a lot of visible support or a lot of people like pouring into any one of our museums. Um, but I know that it's there. So that's the large ones. Then on the, um, on the other side, I was at Tip Top a few weeks back and I saw like the young people because I'm at the age now where I've, I the young, call them young, you call the them young, young people. people. I was like, oh, the young people are taking over now. Let me look at what they're doing. <laughs> they had a, um, a live art situation going. Sis was selling her art. They had a DJ doing, it was different formats, right? It wasn't just hip hop or trap, whatever. It was some interesting stuff that I'd never heard. So there's all these kinds of grassroots scenes going on that are happening multiple times a, a year. Obviously, the street art, which is a different conversation on what gets to be graffiti and what gets to be street art. We talked about, I've talked about it on the show before, mm. but I, I want to hear your take on that. Um, so my take on it is definitely money and commercialization. So growing up in New York City, I remember when streets and trains had graffiti, graffiti on it. it was, then right. I remember five or so years ago, Brooklyn Museum had a graffiti exhibit. Okay. Yeah. And now it's now it's murals. And now it's murals, right? The gentrification of the word. So the gentrification of the of the word and the work is that when there's money involved and when it's sanctioned, it all of a sudden became street art. That's right. It became super trendy. There's a lot of conversation in my time at McCall learning about different kinds of art. A lot of times, murals and street art are used as a gateway to gentrification. So a neighborhood is safe now because it's got some outdoor art. That's right. The majority of the folks doing that art are not folks who would have been graffitiing back in the day. That's right. So to me, I'm, I'm always like looking at it sideways a little bit, like who's getting the yeses to do some of these large murals? Um, who's getting the no's and who's still who, And who's the decision maker? Who's the decision maker um, for it. But so, you know, that conversation sort of, not put to the side, but sticking a pin in it, um, there's amazing um, art and murals all over um, Charlotte. So I think it's an art scene that if you compare it to other long-standing art cities, you're like, I ain't nothing here. Like, it's nothing for me to do. Like, what's really here? But really on its own, and if it just stood up by itself, I think there's amazing amounts of art. There are great artists here mm -hmm. coming out of the colleges. Yeah. There are artists working at multiple different levels. Um, so I think it's burgeoning. I think, and when the first word I said was potential, because I think there's still so much there. People are still hungry for opportunities. Um, everybody doesn't always recognize what an opportunity looks like. And that is also a slightly different conversation. But there's opportunities to do work. It depends on what kind of work you want to do. Right. So because of the city, it is there are a lot of teaching opportunities. There are a lot of one off opportunities to do things. But you can find a consistent living. I know people who are professionally consistently living as an artist. And I will tell you, seven out of ten of those people teach Teach, yeah, yeah. in some way. That's right. College or whatever. So you spoke of some young folk. So yeah. how do how do we market arts to younger generations? Oh, so hard, so hard. Um, so at my day job at the Gantt Center, um, we found that one, it's got to be sometimes the artists themselves. So last summer or around this time, we had an artist who probably isn't 30 yet. And that artist was an exhibiting artist. Having a young person present brought young people to see them. Mm. So some of it's got to be just in who you have on your walls, right? Whatever your walls look like. If you're grassroots, if you're a large institution, who is on your walls? Is it somebody that people can connect to? Right. That's a big deal. Then the other thing is creating programming that's not, like, you don't have to talk down. Because I was a classroom teacher, I know people like to talk down to youth or talk down to millennials. What do they like? They like the same stuff you like. It just looks a little different. Right. So finally, I think being in touch with those people, I've tried to follow some of the young people. Shout out to the young people. <laughs> you know about your young hippity hop and your musics. Um, I'm trying the other tequila side note. So that's the Inejo. So you see yes. it's a little darker. And it's probably okay. going to be a little creamier too. So make sure you recognize the difference. <laughs> go for it. I'm afraid and excited. No, no. You just got to go for it. Just, just, 
tongue in it. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's like candy. Mm-hmm. Not sweet like candy, but smooth like candy. Candy, right. So so this should get I hope I hope, you know, by drinking these two samples. Now this is this is a, this is Casamigos. So this is George Clooney's brand. Mm-hmm. A, you know, a little bit more expensive, mm-hmm. but at the same time, if you're looking to get back in the game, then these then the Reposado or the Anejo is mm. a great opportunity for you to just put I like that. This is expensive you one, right? This is the one. You know, I, you go. I got expensive taste. <laughs> but I work in the arts, Jesus. But I work in the arts. You're gonna, yeah, you'll fall in love with that one. You will fall in love with that one. I, I, every time I give that, I let, let people try that. It's like, where has that been all my life? So smooth. Like, I'm a Kappa now. I just want to do, like, their whoa, body roll. I don't know whoa, if that's whoa, whoa, canon. Kappa's Whoa. This is what this is doing. Is this not a Kappa house? Which house it is, is this? It is not a Kappa is house. Is this disrespectful? This might black and gold. Is you one of them? There you go. Uh, I'm sorry. What, what's y'all move? <laughs> 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 little Python action. Yeah, little Python action. Um, that's, but you know what? Shout out to those young kids and their new wave of stepping. Sure. I don't recognize what any do of it. What do they do? What are they doing oh, out high there? High leg kicks, whistle blows. Whoa. Um, you got to be in shape. Listen, you got to be it's in aggressive. fucking, you got to be in it's fucking aggressive. shape to do what they do. Now, I, I, listen, when I, when I was coming through in the nineties, yes. little train, yeah, that was you know, little stepping. And you could walk out of there, you know, without now, having to be in shape. Now somebody up. Now. Across is an actual live snake. Listen, you need abs to step in. <laughs> you need abs and flexibility. I've seen some of these kids, oh like, because, you know, the new, the new thing now is the graduation picks. Yeah, okay, okay. If you look at with kids. With the caps, with, I see them with the. Yeah, they're doing all kinds of stuff. Shout out to my, my frat brother, hey. one of my young frat brothers, uh, Fred Ingram, getting ready to finish with his PhD. Okay. But Fred's got some pictures, man. And Fred's got smoke coming out the damn no. pictures. Uh-huh. Like this dude's walking out of like Thanos just snapped the gauntlet. He coming through. I can't. But what I'm saying can't. that's the that's the that's the thing now. You know the young the young folk are doing all these pictures. But in some of these pictures, these alphas, you know, the leg is above. The, like listen, the oh. legs. Above are you gonna show us? Is it, I can. Is there while we doing that, I'll okay. get you some visuals. Because I mean, you be like running legs, and you do like the. That's exercises. a train. That's a train. I but but like that yeah. But nowadays. To get involved, like even with some of the Kappas I see in the queues, my brother's a mm-hmm. queue. Um, you know, is I that mean, okay with you? Is yeah, that it's okay? All good. Like Listen, it's all good with okay. me. Sure. But but what I'm saying, any young person in, in these organizations now. Mm-hmm. They are they are changing the game of how things were, and you have listen. I know if, if I did what they're doing now, I I need an ice bath, icy hot, six days of rest. The, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying, yeah. and somebody to come put the the rays on a brother. But I'm done. like, so clearly you still you show up, right? Or you watch the videos? What we I also need, <laughs> what we I also need is that support guy. from the other generations, right? So if we bring it back to ours and the young people, what they're doing is always gonna look weird. But you've got to have someone in power and who's older it. who's like. Let the let the let the young people do that thing. Let the let the babies run. I try to, but but, but again, it, it it just it seems young to me. It's while, a, yeah. Like I'm like I'm like wow, what are those whippersnappers over there doing? Uh huh. And and I just feel like I need to take my teeth out, put mm. them on the dresser, well, it's and just time for bed. You know, yeah. <laughs> let me let me wrap my hair up yeah, and yeah. be done. Um, <laughs> but but that but again that that's a part of the growth. Yeah. That is a part of the passing the torch, mm-hmm. as as we as we're talking about with art. Right. That is a part of that process. And, Absolutely. And so so that's what so millennials, and I'm gonna get you some pictures of some stepping, but okay. millennials. Yes. So part of that process is getting them more involved, mm-hmm. and and so for folk like me, yes, who are on you know boards of institutions, right. um, you know I'm showing up to the older events. Right, right, right. You know it's a little more hey how are you doing? Greetings. What's uh, greetings? Um, 
what time is this over? Right. They said it's right. over right. at eight thirty. Said it's gonna start at six. It's about six o'clock why, and thirty seconds. Why, why are we not started? So, so how do people who are in the room? Yeah. How do we? How do we engage millennials? How do we bring them to some of our institutions? Because one of the things I don't want to do, and it's been it's been done, yeah. is that we don't want the institutions being known just for party spaces. No. You know, and I get why that could happen. To one, it gives a level of engagement, mm-hmm. a level of interest, a level of introduction, and revenue, and revenue. But I don't want it to be just known as that. Right. How do we go from okay, we got you in the door with a party. How do we keep you? Yeah. Well. Well. One part is that that's never. I never throw a party. So anything, if you ever see me act on stage or do something, my work is always socially engaged or it's always around the arts in a different way. So if there are parties at any of the jobs I work at, they're typically rentals. Side note. Mm. All right? So people do confuse that, which is weird in Charlotte. I haven't really seen that in other cities, but... Uh, half the time, if you see folks there and it's a party, it's not something that I've programmed. So if okay. it's something I've programmed, I've tried to create a brand where you know what it is. But for those folks coming as their entry point um, into the center or into wherever I'm at, um, it's welcoming them in, like I said, having some programming that's relevant to them. Um, also bringing them into the regular spaces. Like everything you make doesn't have to be, this is for millennials. We want the young people to come. Nope, but you've got to invite some of the young people to some of the regular things you're happening because there needs to be a bridging, I think, of what we're all experiencing, mm-hmm. making sure they're seeing and hearing some of the same things because they're always going to have their own spin on it. Even in the Q&A portion, um, we've had a monthly conversation series at the Gantt called Talk About It Tuesdays. Um, and we see all ages coming out. We had one about, um, it was a Kwanzaa-themed one around black entrepreneurship or just black business in general and how we support and create it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were folks in there in their 20s and their low 20s and then folks in there who had been through all these conversations or created something and were done with it so i think having spaces where folks of different ages find themselves comfortable to be having the same conversation that's important and then sometimes you do have to add in some elements that are going to be favorable toward the young people some people feel like it has to be one or the other right so we've got to always do things the way we've done them or it's got to be we're going to have lights hanging from the ceilings and there will be a string when you come in. You will fly yourself over like <laughs> y'all don't went too far. Come back, friend. So you can, you know, there's a bridge, I think, to finding, adding in elements. For me, I like to mix the generations. I like to mix. Because old people want to have fun. Like, they want to be at something that's considered interesting. We do. You are not the old people that we do. I was considering. And we that's do. You are not the oh. old people. Oh, I'm, I'm, I think I fell into that category last oh. night somehow. Dang yeah. it. Well, you know, that's okay. You're still we young too. in our eyes. But, um, but yeah, so to me, it's about that. So that's been a specific goal for me in my large arts institution work. Because the young work, they out there, right? The grassroots work, they're present. They're not always their theater. Come to see the theater, young people. I don't know if y'all listening to Well, I, well, I think that's a, that's a interesting point to touch on is mm-hmm. the theater aspect. Because I think when we say art and cultural community, a lot yeah. of times certain mediums mm-hmm. either get included or excluded. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Think about, so what is that that people have to understand that all these things are mediums of art Mm -hmm. and the theater community is probably one of the ones that could use a lot more attendance, a lot more attention, a lot more involvement. Um, So speak on that. That conversation is going to make me so sad. Um, Lordy. All right. So how do we get young people to come to the theater? 
I don't know. Because the young people who are in college who are doing theater, they're in shows, right? They're not coming. And their friends in school still think they're weird. Theater has always been sort of this outlier where you get it, you don't get it. Like, who has two and a half hours to invest in this thing? And I'm like, of all the arts mediums, why? Why, Ange? Why? They'll go, they'll go to a movie for two hours. They'll go to a I movie I sat in Avengers this weekend for three hours. Because there's a commercial touch point. I can go back online and talk about my friends with this. I have a social capital. I have an mm. access to conversations. I've got a cool status because I saw this thing that everybody else around the country is going to see. Like, I haven't seen Endgame yet. That's because I missed the last one that came out Spoiler after Spoiler alert. Ooh. Captain America's in it. Because he alive? Because people thought he was dead? Like, why is that important? Captain America's in the movie. Spoiler alert. What, what day is this coming out? Because you finna get hate mail. And I'm not involved. Angie did not drop that spoiler. I didn't drop that spoiler, y'all. Spoiler I didn't alert. It. I don't know nothing about Who no shot JR? Thrones. I don't know nothing about no, no end game. It wasn't me. Don't email me. Who shot me. JR? Don't spoiler email alert. me. Don't DM me. Don't do this to us. Don't do this. Spoiler alert. Scandal. <laughs> <laughs> um. I didn't even watch Scandal. You don't even got it. You don't got that. Being Mary Jane. Being Mary Jane. I think she got married or somebody died. I didn't watch that, but somebody died probably. It felt like it in the trailer. Did you watch Game of Thrones? Nah. It looks Spoiler alert. What? <laughs> Y'all, tune out. Tune out now and come back. Come back in five seconds if you don't want to hear this fake spoiler that he has. But go ahead. All right. So, um, what we, we were talking about theater people coming. Yes. Right? So, even this conversation, I don't watch Game of Thrones, but the memes are heavy. Like, I'm a basketball person. I saw people using saw some of the, you know, came over Night to King, Game of Night Thrones. King, Burger King. I, could, I can get it. <laughs> King I, uh, James, Starks and So, in theater, you don't have that, right? It's something that's based on a book. You've had to maybe read it at some point. Then to watch it, maybe you've had to listen a little bit closer. It's live. Is it weird? I don't know what I'm going to get. A movie? I've gone to movies since I was, you know, young. So, for folks, I think you have to have someone who brings you in. We've got to look at some ways to invite more. And then there are amazing young works that are being created, right, out of some cities. So even Minneapolis is an interesting place where a lot of theater is being crafted. Mm -hmm. um, looking at what's coming out of L.A. and New York, of course, but also out of, you know, out of the South. And so I think choosing some more work that has a bit more younger relevance. And then that I do, do think you have to make an effort. Like, I'm not always an advocate of making a direct effort for the young people, but I think you do have to have some of those advisory groups or, like, let's come together or specifically inviting out some colleges and folks like that. So the only young people who have gone to my shows is because they've known me personally. Right. Or their kids, because they brought all the children to see Harriet. Everybody came to see. We ended with a song, and I fought that song. Um, you I, sound like you want to sing the song. I do not want to sing the song. I mean, I, I can I hear was, it. You sound like you want to sing the song. That's just because I got into my Harriet voice. It gets, I have to bring it back for Juneteenth. Somebody just booked me to bring it back for oh, Juneteenth. Uh -oh. And so I've got to find my Harriet voice. Where, 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 you, where will you be performing? I'll be at the Levine Museum of the New South for Juneteenth talking about freedom. 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 Got to get you some of that. I never ran my train off the track. Come on. <laughs> so, um, so you got to make some specific e um, efforts. I'll say theater is one that is an acquired taste, much like the what was it, the repasado? No, that, this is repasado. Uh, repasado. Yeah, this is a nejo. A, ne a negro? A nejo. Huh. Not a negro. Hmm. Hmm. Couple, a couple of negroes hmm. sipping a nejo. Hmm. But yeah. Hmm. A nejo. Right. I'm working on my Spanish. I went to Panama and I had about 70 words strong. Um, and so, so you I'm, should know what anejo means in, in English. I just know what are the 70 words that I know. 
Um, I feel like I feel attacked. Okay, okay, pass. Ooh, ooh, don't don't check me. So being Afro Latina, right? But I can't speak go, all go, of Spanish. Como te llamas? I be at the I be at the cookouts, unable. Arroz con pollo. Chicken and rice, you know what I'm saying? So, but I was really working those <laughs> Which 70 be bumping, by the way. I know. Shout, shout out to, to Rose, shout, 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 shout out to all my Latinos, Spanish, Spanish and next folks making amazing, delicious foods. We love you. Plantains, right? Hey. Some, some beans and rice. Okay, right. Okay, that's a different. So the way you pronounce the rice in the order of the legume. Rice, rice and beans? Can let us know where you're from. Well, oh, so rice oh, come and on, peas, right. give, give it to me. Right. So rice and peas is going to be Jamaica. So you're yes. talking about Jamaica. People yes. are talking about yes. Jamaican food. And you don't say rice and peas. We don't say you're fake. <laughs> we don't say it's not right. And the rice probably about to be terrible. So if you say beans and rice. Whoa. You're from a di- other cross that you've crossed probably, the Gulf of Mexico. You're probably, you're probably in Mexico over. or and Louisiana. Cool, Red beans and rice. That's like close by. I never knew that. Oh, that, yeah. That the, the, the order in which or, the So peas and comes. rice? Peas and rice is other Caribbean islands. So uh-huh. other Caribbean islands might say peas and rice, but Jamaicans so, are rice and So peas. why are the peas more important than the rice? Them troubles. You know, they need help because it should clearly <laughs> be more rice than peas. I don't understand. It's all about the ratio. It's a technical ratio thing. Jamaicans are super extra. And if you don't know any, have one of us in your life. We're super extra. We're very particular. Our mangoes all have special names. It's not the name on the tag in the grocery store. It's not. It's some name that somebody's auntie called it. Amen. So, you know, we're extra. It's a part of me. Talk about successful engagement. What does that look like to you? Oh, I saw some on Saturday, right? So this weekend, besides being Boom Festival, I had two programs um, that I crafted at the Gantt Center. One was a photo walk, right? So photo walks happen around the country. It's a group of folks with their cameras around their necks. They've got a lead photographer. They're exploring some terrain. Our terrain this time around was behind the Westin and to the First Ward Park. So seemingly not the most interesting thing. When I tell you, when I tell you, we took the back way to get up to the Westin around the Regions Bank building. We were able to get a glimpse at the Gantt Center from an interesting angle. People saw things on the light rail. Some people had never been on the light rail. We got on the light rail. Yeah. They had never been on it. Yeah, that's real. That was real. Even standing up there waiting for the train, we had conversation about what we were seeing. People were engaged on a level that you don't get to see all the time. You don't get to see it for black people in the arts, right? So if you go to some of the other places who do photography things, you might be the only one there. But there is a, a different feeling of a group of black folk, a black photographer, taking you on these things that people do around the country, but you get to have this experience. So on our way, we're talking history. We're talking culture. We're, of course, talking, I mean, I don't know, they had a lot of things going on with the settings. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of buttons being pushed. It was a lot of words being said. People were into those words. I was just making sure nobody got left off the train and that we're all there. But their whole way there in the park, you know, I tried to have partners. Sometimes I get get flashbacks into my classroom days, and so I wanted them to have partners, but they didn't do it. Angie, what's the future look like for you? What's what's the next five years going to look like for you? I can't tell them my secrets. I want to continue to create art. I want to continue to be an artist. A lot of times when you work in arts administration, people forget that you yourself were an artist, if that's your story. So for me, that's how I entered this work. I want to continue to make, write, perform. And then I also want to continue to connect communities to artists. Right? So that's my other big thing. And as an institutional person, if I was to sum up what I do, it's connecting artists to the community and communities to the artists. I want to continue to do that, perhaps in other cities. 
Don't get to say that. I, I like to blow a little tune to other, other cities. Others. I love you, Charlotte, but. Angie, for folk that want to kind of, you know, they can never be you. But that's cocky. I if, ain't say it, but that's they, cocky. Well, there's only one you. But but what we want to do is make sure folk who are trying to come behind you, yeah, you know, find and we want that. Find that rhythm. Never give, be give, greedy. We want some, that. Give them some tips. Oh my gosh, do your research. Half of the people I follow on Instagram are other people who do what I do. Other institutions who do what we do. I want to know the black museums. I want to know fine arts. I want to know weird contemporary art spaces. So I follow those people. I look at the work they're putting up. I look at the programs they're doing. Not to bite, because I'm from the era. No biting allowed. No allowed. Sign at the door. So it's never about biting, but it is looking like, am I on pace with what some of my peers are doing, right? Or, oh, that's interesting. You know, you can give credit to who you find, but you can also get ideas that then can influence some stuff that you want to do. So for me, it's following that work. It's going to classes. My only degree is in history and adolescence education. I have somehow finessed an entire ass theater and arts world, but that's because I've studied my ass off. I've, I've followed people. I've looked at the work. I've translated my teacher skills into this other work. That's so right. whatever work you're doing now, are there transferable skills? If you want to end up coordinating, what well, can you coordinate out there now? Coordinate. Because <laughs> it got to coordinate. So, like, what can you learn how to put together? Who can you shadow? Who can you email to go and see them? And people email me all the time. Like, I used to reach out to people because I wanted to direct adults. I had only directed kids on stage. Nobody in Charlotte would let me shadow them to direct. Open that door. Why? Why are you so afraid? Like, let people in to shadow what you're doing. People continue to ask to shadow folks. It's a thing. And then if school is your route, I strongly do advocate for having some sort of training. It doesn't have to be a degree, but I believe in training. You can go to a, a CPCC. One time, shout out to CPCC. You can go to lots of different places and at least get some training behind what it is you want to do. Um, so for me, I follow lots of places. I've studied and researched training. I read a lot. Um, so I'm a person who does programs. I need to know what people are interested in. I got a Charlotte magazine in my car right now. I pick up random books everywhere. I read. I travel. Go see some other things in other cities. Go be inspired. Go be. So you're a student you know, of the game. I mean, you're, student, you're a student yeah. of the yeah, game yeah. consistently, and that's. So that's what you got to do. It's hard work. Um, so be about your vitamin life. Be ready to uh. not get to go to everything because you're putting everything on. I love Ooh. it. Angie, this this is this has been fun. Yay. Tell the people how they can find you. Um, you can find my artistic adventures and other random items on Art Loving Aries on Instagram. Um, so all the different arts organizations I work with, I post things coming up with them as well as my travels and things. Um, you can email me, I suppose. I'm not giving y'all my work email though. <laughs> y'all can email me at a bit of brown sugar at gmail because I used to be a writer. That's my leftover writer email. So a bit of brown sugar at gmail or follow me online at artlovingaries. All one word, no strange spellings. Not that they're strange, no non traditional spellings. Did you enjoy your tequila tonight? I enjoyed all my tequila. I'm concerned about how much I have left because I would like to drink the rest and then also my rose. But these were delicious, crafted with cradle. We appreciate you, girl. So remember, um, you can check us out every month here, Crafted with Cradle. This is Curated Conversations over Cocktails. Mm. Um, we thank you so much for coming through, Angie C. Yay. 
y'all make sure y'all check her out and make sure y'all support the movement this art movement here in charlotte remember you can always check us out on itunes stitcher and iHeartRadio every month once again if you love listening to us then make sure you check the live shenanigans on tape sweet929.tv and i still owe you a picture of a high leg kick yes, alpha please I'll is there a jingle that. for sweet 929 i feel like there I don't know. Chuck, he should make a jingle. Chuck, Chuckito. He's, I he's, would sing he's, it he's in if the there was a jingle. So once again, family and friends, we thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, craft it with Cradle. And Angie, so raise your glass up. Which one? I Either one. Double, double fist. <laughs> and as we always give our obligatory end of the line, cheers. Cheers. Find Crafted with Cradle on iTunes and iHeartRadio. Check out video of the show at DailyMotion.com and Sweet929.tv.